With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Pretty Lies and Alibis. Let's seek the truth and travel the long road to justice together. What you know, Alibars, happy Saturday. It's 12.08 in the morning, and I'm doing this because I'm actually going to take a three-day weekend. Haven't done that in a while, and there's no trial on Monday for Wagner. So I thought, well, I'm just going to take a three-day. We got a big fall for Greenville Festival in town, and Sunday morning, 7.30 yeah, a.m., I'm going to be on Court TV talking about Lori and Chad's case, and I'm super excited. So if you can't tune in because you're sleeping in, which is totally understandable, set your DVRs, or I will put a link out on all the social media channels for that episode. If not, I'll put it in the link in the description on the next episode if you don't have social media. So yeah, just cross your fingers. I don't say anything really stupid and embarrass all of us and then lose all y'all's listeners. So, song fact of the day before we get into these um, state's response to Chad's motions. What does the song Rocket Man by Elton John actually mean? I'm just going to say, I love me some Elton John. Like, I don't know an Elton John song I don't love. But Rocket Man is a cool one. And him and his writing partner, Bernie Toppin, they, uh, I mean, they they have written every hit song together that that Elton has and it's just amazing amazing duo so Bernie said people identify unfortunately with David Bowie's Space Odyssey which a great song I love Bowie it actually wasn't inspired by that at all it was actually inspired by a story by Ray Bradbury from his book of science fiction short stories called The Illustrated Man In that book, there was a story called The Rocket Man, which was about how astronauts in the future would become sort of an everyday job. So I kind of took that idea and ran with it. A lot of the theories was it was drug-induced, you know, going to be get high as a kite by then. And um, I've heard the Space Odyssey reference, so it's pretty cool now knowing where it comes from. All right, so now that we got all that out of the way, let's get down to what the state says. So the motion to continue, as we know, Lori's competency is in question. The January trial date is just out the window. So it says the court has repeatedly held defendants Daybell and defendant Vallow Daybell are properly joined for trial and denied an earlier request from defendant Daybell to sever the cases. As noted in those arguments, when co-defendants are charged in the same indictment and particularly with the crime of conspiracy, joint trials are preferred. Further, any delay to one defendant is also charged to all co-defendants. 
and they quote U.S. versus PINA. So defendant Daybell notes this analysis with regard to delays and speedy trial assertions with co-defendant cases. In this situation, the defendants are seeking a delay of the trial, a bet for different reasons. The request for a stay filed in co-defendant Vallow Daybell's case coincides with the request to continue by defendant Daybell. The state recognizes a stay is necessary for defendant Vallow Daybell based upon statutory restrictions and guidance from the Supreme Court. A temporary stay to the guidelines of the controlling statutes presents a host of reasons which will cause review of the issues to take some time, making a trial date in January impractical for defendant Vallow Daybell. I've had a lot of people ask, like, can they reinstate the, the January trial date if she's found competent before then? No, it's gone for her and I think for Chad too. A stay limits any potential appellate issues with respect to defendant Vallow Daybell. Similarly, the state recognizes a continuance for co-defendant Daybell keeps the cases as one for trial, limits potential appellate issues regarding ineffective assistance of counsel, provides the parties with additional time to complete and review outstanding discovery on a few remaining matters, and allows more time to resolve pending pretrial motions and evidentiary issues. Given the court's recent order vacating the January trial date in the co-defendant's case, the state would request vacating the January trial date in Mr. Daybell's case as well. The state would oppose any improper severance. So they're still saying they don't want to sever the case. They want them to go together. I think the state's proposing October of next year. And it stinks for the families. We talked about this last night. You know, look at the Wagner case we're covering. I mean, it's it's been years. And two have pled guilty on the road to here. But George is just now going to trial. He was arrested in 2018. And I really, really hope this, this case doesn't turn into that for a host of reasons, mainly because the families need peace. They need, they need resolution. All right, let's keep going. The state would request both matters be stayed pending a status conference to be scheduled in January based on the following. The court has determined the defendants are properly joined for trial. A stay is necessary for Vallow Daybell. And defendant Dave Daybell has previously waived speedy trial and is now requesting a continuance, which is funny because you got, sometimes you have prior saying at hearings, well, he's been in jail since June of 2020. And now he's saying, can we wait a year to do this? I mean, literally it is a year or more from where we are right now. So defendant Daybell has requested his case be continued with a new trial date to be selected in January. The state believes if both matters are temporarily stayed, it will avoid relitigation of the same issues. The state would request we wait to select a new trial date until both defendants are in a position to have input in the selection of the trial date. So that goes to tell you, if she, what if she goes, so last time it was 10 months that she was gone, that her case was stayed. So are they saying that they're not going to set a new trial date until she's competent? It's, I don't know that that's going to be possible, y'all. Uh, the state would agree with defendant Daybell's position. We wait to select a new trial date in January, so long as both defendants are in a position to select a trial date at that time. However, the state would suggest the court consider setting trial to begin in September of 2023 to allow Madison and Fremont counties to split the costs involved in the trial and change of venue across two fiscal years. 
The state believes the court can find good cause to continue the trial date for both defendants, given the complicated statutory issues with defendant Valo Daybell. The joinder of the defendants in a single indictment, the court having vacated the trial date in the co-defendant's case, defendant Daybell's previous waiver of speedy trial, the current request by the defense for a continuance, and the complexities and costs in moving the trial to Ada County. So, I mean, you know, it's really kind of the only thing the state can do at this point, y'all, unless they just sever, which they don't want to because it's double the money. And, but, you know, for me, it's just like, is she ever going to be competent long enough to get the pretrial motions out of the way, have the status conferences leading up to trial, get to trial and stay competent for the, the, couple of months it's going to take to try this case not to mention the penalty phase i just it, it worries me y'all and it, it worries me just because i you know all these i mean you've got all these family members that are just hanging by a thread at this point it's been over two years since they found the kids bodies over two years since they both were arrested coming up almost on three for Lori. february is going to be three years and i just hope this is the last time. Maybe they won't find her incompetent. We don't know, guys. They may say you're good to go. And then we keep going. If you look at Letitia Stalk, if you follow that case with Gannon, who's back there on my wall, I just got to get bigger pictures. She's been doing this nonstop. And the last time they said she was competent, well, they want a second competent, competency evaluation. And so her trial has been delayed. You've seen it. So you see what can happen when it comes to competency. And it's... Man, it, yeah, so a lot can happen. All right, so the um, the motion to sever, their response, and they kind of gave it in the other, but we'll read it. So it says, the, the defendant previously filed a motion to sever on September 7th, 2021 with a, a memorandum in support filed February 2nd of 2022. We know the state filed an objection to the motion on February 24th, 2022, the court then issued an order denying the defendant's motion to sever on March 21st of this year. The state maintains its objection to any severance of the defendants since they are properly joined for trial pursuant to Idaho Criminal Rule 8. This court has found they are properly joined in its August 6, 2021 order, and this court has previously denied the defendant's request to sever under the standard and requirements set in Idaho Criminal Rule 14. The defendant makes similar arguments to those he previously argued and were denied as grounds for a severance. The defendant raises a few new arguments which he claims were grounds for a severance, but he fails to provide any supporting authority for how they are necessary grounds which rise to a level or even considerations for severing co-defendants for trial. The defendant's second motion to sever is 31 pages and contains a significant number of cases the defendant cites as supporting his position and arguments. While the state does not believe the cited case law supports or requires the defendant's request to sever the cases, the state is still working on reviewing the cases and providing a more thorough brief in response to the defendant's motion. Wherefore, the state requests this court deny the defendant's second motion to sever and will submit a brief in support as soon as practical. And I kind of really honestly just wonder, I kind of sort of thought, maybe they're just waiting to file their brief when they see 
her status because if she's incompetent and she's going back to the custody of the Department of Health and Welfare, we said this the first go round, it could organically separate itself because at some point, you know, you can't just keep saying, well, you got to wait on her because waiting on her might, we don't know how long that'll take. So I really kind of think maybe that's why they're not, you know, they're going to file their brief, but still, I, you know, it, everything's just up in the air and it's such an uneasy, unsettling feeling right now in this case. Seems really disorganized in ways. It seems like nobody's got their stuff together. The last few hearings, I mean, it just, I don't know. It just seems like things are off and I don't like it. And I don't, I don't, you know, I just don't want to see anything go wrong. So taking the time and not creating any appeal issues down the road in a death case, I'm cool with. I would rather wait though, honestly, than rush this to trial and then just get overturned on something that, you know, came from just wanting to move the train down the tracks. It's, you know, a marathon and not a sprint. So just remember that because there's a lot of listeners, a lot of people you know, that I've talked to, they're just super upset about this. We all are. We want justice for, you know, these people right here. And it's, uh, it's a long road to justice. So don't get frustrated. You know, sometimes things that, that take a long time in the end are worth the wait. And I think that ultimately the prosecution's not going to, um, easily just roll over they're going to fight this case and they're they're going to be careful and so let's just cross our fingers that everybody does everything right because in the end what we want is for them to go away forever we don't want this you know death penalty cases are just like you get a microscope with live cases okay guilty eh, you go away and if there's a big issue you appeal it or whatever but death cases are are different and prior says that in every filing death cases are different. So be patient guys. We will get there. It's the long road to justice It's a long winding road that makes you car sick half the time, but eventually you get to your destination. So chin up buttercups. We will get there. They're not free. They're not out hanging out on a Saturday morning, having a good time. They're in the pokey. So anyways, all right, guys, don't forget Sunday morning, 7.30 Eastern Court TV. I'm on it live, y'all. Probably don't say something stupid. All right, we'll see you guys soon. Probably Tuesday.